for college football and college basketball content. This is our first episode. I'm your co-host, Cole, big Michigan fan. Joined by uh, your other co-host, Jeff Tate, and I am an Ohio State and Michigan State fan. So during the course of this podcast, we probably will get into why that is a uh, not normal fandom. Cole knows all about that. The worst. The worst school in the world. School or schools? I mean, just yours, Ohio State. I mean, the last two best years. Yeah, and well, time to start a football podcast for you. We gotta, we gotta save that for uh, later in this episode. But no, what we, what our goal here is just bring our love for college sports to you guys. Um, we both are big sports guys, and we've been this way for a long time. And we really wanted to specialize in college sports because. College sports are the best. There's fans. It's real fandom. It's Saturday college kids going to have a good time at a football game, and that is that's what we want to specialize in. So um, those are my best part about it is it's all localized. It's all like community, like those small towns, like over in Virginia Tech, tiny town over there. I mean, it's it's, there's nothing better. The culture on a college campus that have been there for hundreds of years, like you just you can't you can't have that in pro sports. You can't really find that anywhere else except for maybe Premier League soccer. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's the unique thing about college football. And we will also be talking pretty heavily about college basketball once that season comes. Probably won't even hit that hard till college football season wraps up. But we are both big basketball guys. Uh, I personally worked for a Division One basketball team for four years, so have a little insight on how that world works, and it's a lot different. Go Broncos. Yeah, go Broncos, Western Michigan Broncos, but it's a lot different than college football, but we're just looking to share some knowledge with you guys, and hopefully uh, hopefully you guys enjoy, and please like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we will be on every podcast service you can think of, and if there is another podcast service that I don't know about or Cole doesn't know about, let us know, and we will find a way to get on apple spotify and maybe one day youtube cole right like that that's some video some video is a goal one day but and don't forget to follow our twitter account degree in sports was it is it twitter or is it x or is it what is it it's it's, it's something (laughs) but just go on give us a follow and uh that's where you'll find all our content on when podcasts will be dropping our plan during this season will be right now till the first college football game start, which I think we're what, three, three, four weeks away, Cole? I mean, we're getting close. Three, four weeks. Week, week zero is right around the corner. And once that hits, we're going to be going to two podcasts a week. We're planning Monday's pretty set in stone that every Monday we'll have an episode. It'll be kind of a recap of your previous weekend. We're going to be giving you guys... Hopefully lots of uh, gambling advice, not that you have to gamble, but um, it's always a fun thing to do, especially on college sports. And then we also look to have a podcast on Thursday, which will kind of be like our preview episode, getting you guys ready for the week. And I think that's I think that's kind of the plan, right, Cole? Yeah, that's the plan. We're, we're just going to keep you know, getting as we get closer to college football. Honestly, there's nothing better than the anticipation waiting for this season. Like this is the time to consume college football to talk about it. When everyone starts out the exact same zero zero, everyone's got their their hopes, everyone's undefeated. No one's had that one loss that in this era of college football, if you get that one loss, it means a lot. So everyone, everyone's excited right now. It's the best time to be consuming. And as the year goes on too, um, we'll have more like weekly segments, 
a lot of fun ones that I think a lot of people are going to enjoy and that I'll, at the very least I'll personally enjoy. Um, so there's going to be a lot of creativity coming there to kind of set us apart from, from your other college football podcasts. No, and I think, I think we have a good plan here, and I also think the two of us are uh, – we work well together. I so I hosted a podcast a long time ago, and it was just by myself. And it, uh, I always found my most enjoyable episodes were when I could have a co-host on and just talk. And Cole was always uh, I had Cole on a few times, and it was always easy and natural. So hopefully, when you guys listen, you pick up on that. We've known each other a long time. We. Uh, We've made fun of each other a long time with our teams we like. And, I mean, just what Cole is talking about, excitement. I mean, I'm just thrilled to do this. And just for the season, like today our Michigan State season tickets came in the mail, and I'm opening them up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. Time out. Ohio State fan. Well, yeah. Well, you can't can't get season tickets for uh, Ohio State when you live in Jackson, Michigan. But you could. It just you'd have to drive four hours every Saturday. So so how does it work? Are you just an Ohio State fan when? they're better than Michigan State and then Michigan State when they're better than Ohio State or what? Well, we have some we have some uh, explanations <laughs> for those, but uh, grew up in Ohio. We'll get we'll just you know we're just gonna knock it out of the way right now. I mean, we got to explain your your odd fandom. Yeah, it's I mean, fifty percent of people agree with me, and those those fifty percent are not Michigan fans. Any Michigan fan I talk to says this makes no sense. So I agree with them. It's 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 a bit crazy, but family grew up in Ohio. My dad grew up a Buckeye fan. I lived in Ohio for six years. Moved to Michigan. You knew, oh, well, we hated that, the maize and blue, hated them, hated Michigan. So, yeah, naturally, I'm going to not like Michigan. And my dad was like, well, you know what? What's the best thing for a 7-year-old, 8-year-old to do? I'll go to a college football game and go to a college basketball game. Well, it's a little easier to do that in East Lansing, which is like 40-minute drive, and they – and it's not Michigan, which we all knew was not the team. How far, how far is Ann Arbor? That's probably about 40, 45 minutes <laughs> too. But they are, it's Michigan, Michigan football, Michigan basketball. And so we kind of grew up going to these games. And I kind of couldn't drop the fandom. It was one of those things where you go home and you, you visit your family in Ohio and they're all Ohio State fans. And I just couldn't do it. And I, I've had to adapt and get made fun of a lot for that because it is hard when for each sport – the, there is a better team and it's been a historic better team and so you run into that where it's oh you just like Ohio State for football because they are much better and then basketball um, there is not a team I like more in any sport than Michigan State basketball you guys will have to stay tuned for that when that time comes around but uh, season ticket holder for both football and basketball so you'll get a little insight of game day actually being at the game so I wish Cole and I could go to more games. It's uh, for those of you that know Cole and I, you know that Cole is in uh, Phoenix now, so he's uh, he's not necessarily close to Big Ten football, but maybe soon he is with I don't know conference realignment, which is maybe that'll be our first segment today. What do you think? Because it's all yeah, the, good, the good news. transition. Because <laughs> I'm going to be going to a lot of Pac-12 games this this year, mostly Arizona State games. They got a lot of good hosts. They host Oklahoma State. USC, Colorado, like obviously I'm going to go watch Dion coach, but honestly, this is probably the last year of the Pac-12, if we're being completely honest, unless they somehow merge with the Mountain West and they bring a lot of Mountain West teams in, because I don't see a lot of these teams in the Pac-12 being here next year. So for those of you who maybe haven't been super 
just alert or just like locked in to what is all happening with conference realignment. It really kicked off a few years ago when Texas and Oklahoma officially decided they were moving to the SEC. And then following that, BYU, UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati all decided to join the Big 12. And then the USC and UCLA decided to join the Big 10. So just completely rocking the landscape of all college football. And a lot of us had to do with a lot of TV media rights deals. There's a lot of money going to all these conferences. ESPN wants Big 10, Big 12. CBS wants the Big 10, Big 12. SEC, obviously, everyone wants the SEC. So all that money gets to go to the schools. Um, and then there's some conferences who might, let's say, aren't getting good deals with the TV rights, such as the ACC, but even more, even worse, is the Pac-12. So all these teams in the Pac-12 are deciding to leave right now because they're not getting the money that they could be getting at other conferences. And the Big 12 and the Big 10 right now are opening their arms wide open and welcoming there. Because as of right now, Colorado has officially committed to join the Big 12. And it's looking a lot like Arizona and Arizona State are going to follow suit. Arizona and Arizona State are kind of grouped in with the Arizona board. They kind of over like there's an oversight between for both schools so if arizona leaves i have a hard time believing arizona state doesn't go with them so my guess is they both go and when they go my guess is utah follows because utah is going to kind of read between the lines and see that they're they're a power five program for sure and they can't like go down with the ship of the pac-12 so i think utah's gone and then big ten has just been given approval to go after oregon and washington so there goes the Pac-12. Well, yeah, and let's be honest, it's kind of a joke right now. The Pac-12, I read, it can't even get the teams to agree to uh, any TV deal that are even in the conference, and their best bet right now is Apple. And no offense to Apple TV, but that is not where I am wanting to tune in on a Saturday night, which would be Pac-12 games with our time difference to watch Pac-12 football. And it's just like, it's just crazy that, I mean, in the matter of the last month, how much has just completely changed. And, I mean, it's hard for a conference like the Pac-12 to lose two of their more historic programs. I mean, USC is is the historic program in that conference. And then you have UCLA, and that's kind of one of those things where, oh, well, they're both Los Angeles, which is a huge market. And when those two teams kind of left, you, you kind of just knew that something was going to happen. And I know the SEC is they got their two big teams they wanted in Oklahoma and Texas, which – probably are the premier teams definitely for football out of the the big 12 and i mean it's just crazy cole like it's i mean we were talking we're recording this on thursday august 3rd and i mean before we even got on this podcast we hear the news that arizona is like advanced talks on joining the big 12 it's just it's crazy how much has changed in the last five years. And I mean, a few years ago, I mean, what's well, probably been seven or eight years ago when Maryland and Rutgers joined the Big Ten and people were like, oh, that probably will be, that'll probably be it for a while. And nope, they were wrong because everything is changing. And like Cole said, the big reason is TV and it's money. And for those of you that watch the Big Ten and are used to watching on ESPN and ABC and 
listening to Kirk Herbstreit call the Saturday night game, that's done. The Big Ten has no rights with the ESPN anymore. In fact, they just created a it's Saturday night football, so kind of stealing off the Sunday night football of NBC. But they just announced literally last week, speaking of Michigan, Michigan State, it's that game is going to be 7.30 at night, NBC, primetime television. So for if you want easily visible games more so than having to get your ESPNs and your Big Ten Network. Now, Big Ten Network is still going to be doing a lot of games, but I know I think it's going to be a great thing for Big Ten fans. I think you're going to have more national televised games that aren't your ESPNs. You're going to have your cable or you're going to have your network TVs and it's just crazy, and like Cole said, I mean, it's it basically all revolves around money, and that's something that has really escalated, I would say, in the past few years. Yeah, it's changing very quickly. And can we also talk about how the Big 12 was just dead, and now they're this they're they're they position themselves to be the number three conference for years to come and not die? Because if we're being honest, the Pac-12 is dead. Dead. See ya. Good night. And <laughs> ACC. Most likely, they, once their TV deals up in 2025, they're done. Florida State will not be in that conference come 2025, or, or 2026, I think is when it's done. Like, Florida State will be gone. Florida State is pretty much going to be the bad guy, in my opinion. They're going to be the one that pushed the needle in leaving, and then Clemson's going to follow suit, because Clemson was an original member of the ACC, and Clemson isn't going to be want to be the bad guy, and turn it, but like they know their brand is bigger than the ACC now. Um, and Clemson is going to follow suit with Florida State. And what's looking to me like is Clemson and Florida State, my guess within the next week, as early as within the next week, could also announce they're joining the Big Ten. That's a bold like prediction. That, that's a very real possibility. Right no, now. and you, I mean, I, I say bold prediction, but if that if next week when we're talking on the pod <laughs> and that happens, I will not be surprised at all because, I mean, why wouldn't they leave? And it's like you, you ask the question, like, why is this all happening right now outside of TV and outside of um, the revenue streams? But, I mean, I think the, the root of it all is up till this year, or this is our last year of the four-team playoff. And so all of these teams don't want to create super conferences when you have four-team playoffs because it's way harder. Like, you take a team like Texas and you take a team like Oklahoma going to the Big 12, why, why would they want to leave or go into the SEC? Why would they want to leave easier conference in the Big 12 to go to the SEC? Well, when you're going from 4 to 12 playoff teams, you have way more exposure. You have way more chances to win big games. And, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm crazy for that, Cole, but, I mean, that's also got to be a big reason that all oh, these absolutely. teams are leaving. Absolutely, because teams and conferences get a lot of money when they get playoff teams in, too. That's a very real thing, too. And strength of schedule, I would say, didn't matter as much with only four teams because at the end of the day, it would just come down to the record. If you had two losses, you probably weren't in. But now, like, a 9-3 and three team can easily make it in over a 10-2 and two team with this once we get to the 12-team playoff. Like, that'll be, like, no problem. They'll be able to do that based on their strength of schedule. So all these conferences are like, all right, we're going to boost our strength of schedule. So it makes a lot of sense why all of this is happening right now. It's, like, definitely not a coincidence why – the NCAA waited until this year, or not NCAA, uh, I don't know what the governing body was to it. I think the playoff committee is the one that yep, the decided to committee. expand it. Yeah, NCAA is actually has no affiliation with the college football playoff, which is why like the NCAA like, really can't sanction teams from 
the playoff because they have no say over the college football playoff committee. NCAA, that's a whole other story. The NCAA is going to be, in my opinion, probably demolished in the next five years. Yeah, they're 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 they not trending. Down. They are not trending in an upwards direction, especially with name, image, and likeness, and all of the stuff that comes with that, and and a lot of these athletes wanting to be be employed and get like wages and stuff, which that hopefully is probably not right around the corner, but it is not that far off because that is. That's probably what we're looking at. But it's crazy with the expansion next year to the 12-team playoff. Like Cole said, I mean, coming into this year, you basically can lock in, like, whoever wins the Big Ten championship, as long as it's one of the teams that have maybe one loss, they're probably into the playoff. Well, next year, it's like we can come down to last week of the regular season and Ohio State and Michigan are playing, which let's hope they keep that the last weekend of the year. But... Who knows? Because in a year, the Big Ten is doing away with the conference uh, divisions, and so it's like, do they move that game up to That's like? It's never going away. Well, you that hope. Would be the softest thing in the world. I agree. I, mean, I, I would want it. Your coach was pretty soft. He was kind of sick of it. You think? Yeah, your Ryan Day. Ryan Day, I guess, is soft, but he. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think. He's I think, the one who suggested it. Yeah, I mean, it's just wants it. it's back-to-back weeks. It'd be interesting. I, I'm not. I don't have an opinion on it. Losing. I mean, how awesome would that be? Back-to-back weeks. I mean, yeah. I mean, for a casual sports fan, not even a Michigan <laughs> or Ohio State fan, that would be a crazy thing. And it's like, you hope the one thing. The one thing I get bummed out about when you talk expansion, and not even just expansion, but conference growing in teams is you want those rivalries to be protected. I am not saying Ohio State-Michigan is not going to be a protected rivalry because Brian, they should they be. Brian, want that to not be a protected rivalry the way he's talking. Man, this is going to be a fun <laughs> year for the fans of this podcast because we are going to have some heated debates. We're not, we can't come out episode one and debating all of that quite yet, but we do have a segment we wanted to talk about today, and it is about Michigan beating Ohio State three times. So, Cole... Unfortunately, as a Ohio State fan, I thought that they would never lose back-to-back games to Michigan. Was I cocky in that? Yeah, sure. I think I think there's a real level of cockiness that Ohio State fans had. To be honest with you, I think it's what's happening right now to Michigan. They're walking around Indianapolis last week at Big Ten Media Days like they run the conference. And to be honest, they do right now. They are the premier team. But if you look at odds makers and uh, the people that are paid to make uh, the lines and stuff, Ohio State is still the favorite in the Big Ten, but I'm not saying that they are the favorite if those two teams were to play week one. And in fact, I believe if you go look at the spread, I think Michigan is a favorite. But Cole, they are. three years in a row, this is probably your best team you, you guys have had. Um, you bring back a ton of guys. We, we'll save this for our more in-depth analysis on our uh, on our teams coming into this year but just from a storyline there's a few three-peats out there the first one I want to talk about is is Michigan the favorite to pull off the three-peat against Ohio State because you never know that's a game that you never know both teams we've seen bad years and it doesn't matter but Cole how confident are you and your Wolverines and we got like four months till the game but how confident are you I mean, out of all the years between, let's say, between the last three years, counting this year, out of all the years that you would pick Michigan to beat Ohio State, it's this one. 
Ohio State, they don't know who their quarterback's going to be. I mean, they, they look like they're in a more worse off position than they've ever been, a more insecure position, I would say, uh, than they've ever been. And Michigan is the, is the exact opposite. We have a Heisman contending running back who very well could have won the Heisman last year if he didn't get injured. Like, if he if he rushes like Donovan Edwards does, if he, if he gets all the yards Donovan Edwards does against Ohio State on the biggest stage, he could technically have beaten Caleb Williams. Like, you never know. Um, he, was, he was the front runner going into that game. Then there is, like, Donovan Edwards is the best backfield in the, co- in, the, in the country. J.J. McCarthy, you're going to throw the ball more. We know what we're getting from him now. He's going to be a good quarterback, projected first-round pick next year in the NFL. Like, our defense are turning over. We have a top-five corner, Will Johnson. We haven't really lost anyone. We Harbaugh predicted this to be to set the Michigan record and maybe even the NCAA record for most players drafted. Obviously, that's a really bold prediction. But he thinks there's a lot of NFL talent on this team. There's really no questions. The, there's like a half question at receiver, but like we still know what we got there. It's just, are they going to take the next step? So there's not a lot of questions on the Michigan team, whereas with Ohio State, there's a lot of questions. They still haven't officially announced their quarterback. And the reason they haven't, they announced McCord officially. Nope, they, you, yeah, you they are correct. Haven't. No. Spring ball, they they were hoping, they were hoping to have a decision after spring ball. But what I heard was that they didn't, Ohio State did not have a guy who, they had, to, they had some that make great plays, but they also had some head-scratching plays in spring ball that was like, all right, there wasn't like enough separation as we wanted. So there's still definitely some question there. Obviously in that offense and with those receivers, you can pretty much plug and play guys, but... I mean, really, like, you have no idea with with Ohio State, like, what they could be. Their defense, hypothetically, should be better. Ohio State should. But, I mean, right now it looks like they got that Don Brown defense that any team can just go, like, have big plays against because that's what Michigan did doing last year. So, I, I mean, you can't really be much worse at corner last year. You lost four of your six guys at Ohio State. So, I, there might be a jump there. I know I'm going kind of in depth. I know a lot about Ohio State, sadly. <laughs> but I think, I mean, I think this is like, if you if Michigan beat Ohio State the last two years, there's no reason they shouldn't do it this year because Michigan has a better team this year and Ohio State has a worse team, in my opinion. No, I mean, hey, as as a fan of the team, you if, there, if the last three years, there was a year that I went into thinking that Michigan is probably or, or could be the better football team, it is definitely this year. And... That is a hard thing to say, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean, that that does not mean a thing. If Ohio State can just get average quarterback play, they have, in my opinion, the best guy in college football and Marvin Harrison catching passes. And let's be honest, this team is one missed targeting call away from winning probably a national championship. That might be a bold take, but they were going to beat TCU just as I thought if Michigan was on the other side and they got TCU in the championship. I really think Michigan probably wins because TCU is not one of the four best teams in the country. They got there. I was glad Michigan lost to them, but you probably play them 10 more times and you probably win eight or nine of those. And so it's a team Ohio State brings back a lot of guys on defense up front, and that is what they have always had very good talent at. And you got guys like JT I'm never going to be able to say the dude's last name. It's like Tumalalu. He's got a cool cool Hawaiian last name, but that's going to actually be something that I think they're going to have to rely on early is a good defense. And so that is scary as an Ohio State fan, but 
I am very, very excited for how this year plays out. They got a tough schedule. Like there's no, there is no way to think that Ohio State doesn't have a tough schedule. You got to go to Notre Dame. You have to go to Wisconsin. You go to Michigan, and it's just, it's not going to be as easy as Michigan's cupcake schedule of a of a season, but. Um, that is what it is. It's how it goes. That's how the schedule works. You get to pick who you want to play. You, well, out of conference. If you don't want to play a team to get you ready for the year, you don't have to. But Ohio State is playing Notre Dame this year. Um, and I know. Yeah, we had the same schedule last year. And we picked a team, let's say, that didn't get us ready for the year. And we still beat Ohio State. Yeah. So I guess if you want to go, <laughs> I guess if you want to go that way, that is a, uh, that is a good one. But. That's that's our first three peat storyline, and then I mean this is this is probably the biggest one. Not as much. I mean we don't we don't like this, but Georgia. I mean they've won two straight college football playoff national champions, and it looks like they are probably I mean odds on favorite to win it again. Um, personally, I don't think they're going to. I think it's really 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 hard to win three straight national championships. And Cole, let's I mean. I, I don't think I'm okay with Michigan winning it, but uh, let's 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 just let's have a new team win. Like it's it's boring. Like it's Georgia, 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 and everybody has to pay attention to them, and they do this and they do that. But I'm sick of it, Cole. Yeah, I don't think Georgia. I don't think they're going to. They've had a lot of just turmoil in the offseason, a lot of distractions in the offseason. They're still trying to figure out who their quarterback is. Or even even if they're not trying to figure it out by now, they at least don't. We don't know what we're gonna get from this guy, and like that's big. Not even the quarterback. Obviously, you got the best maybe player in the country in Brock Bowers, but that dude's a monster. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I don't see. I just. I guess I just don't see this team after losing all this talent to the NFL the last two seasons. I have a hard time seeing them being able to do it three times. Like that's why it's so hard because generally you have a lot of players leaving to go to the NFL after one national championship, let alone two in a row. Uh, so I have a hard time seeing them win it again. I think there's plenty of other teams that I would take to go over Georgia this year in the SEC. I think I would – Bama's tough because they don't have a quarterback either. I don't. I just don't think it's going to be Georgia. I think LSU could, but also I don't really trust LSU's DBs. Tennessee could. So it's, it's going to be – the SEC is going to be very interesting this year because it's kind of going to be a power struggle because Georgia has it, but I don't know if Georgia has the guys and the team to keep it this year. So I just, I, if we're betting Georgia in the field, I'm taking the field every single day. Oh, I, I think Georgia has it this year. I, I, I would definitely agree with you on that. And it's, it's the, the thing, one of the things that has really helped Georgia out is, I mean, they play in the weaker of the SEC divisions, and to be honest, they really don't play. Like you have, you have Alabama, you have LSU, and those, those are the teams they most years avoid and don't even get a play. And so this year they avoid both of them again. And so it's like they get to the SEC championship because Tennessee is, in my opinion, probably the only team in their division that can probably compete with them. And and they have Joe Milton as quarterback, and the last time we saw him, it was it was rough. And so, well, last time as the pure starter, it was rough. And so, we don't really know what to expect. But I mean, I just hope they don't win. Like I, I'm done with it. It's three years in a row. I, I don't want three years. Like, you got your two. The Big Ten needs one. Like, I mean, this is a Big Ten. This is what we know. Big Ten football. And to be honest with you, 
the Big Ten needs a national championship because this conference spends, they put their teams out there on the biggest national stage, and unfortunately, I don't. We haven't had a play, we haven't had a national championship berth in a few years. So let's hope it's the year of the Big Ten. And if it is, I'm sure it's probably going to be one of our two teams. But there's another team that's kind of sneaky, and we'll get to them on a later episode. But I'm just going to put my hand up right now, and I'm just going to say I don't want it to be Ohio State. Honestly, Georgia, you can have three as long as it's not <laughs> Ohio State. That's just my like. I'm, I like I would, like yeah. And in most cases, I'll be like, yeah, I'd love to see the Big Ten win if it's not Michigan. But if it's Ohio State or Michigan State, please, 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 anyone, <laughs> anybody else win the Big Ten but one of those two teams. No, I, I, I would – uh, I mean, it's sad because it's, it's a conference that has very good teams. And, I mean, you look at college football and college basketball, the last team to win it was Ohio State in 2014. And – for football and it's it's a it's a really good conference with some really good teams and and to be honest on the national scene we haven't really shown up and so i really hope that it's the end of the year for georgia but you want to go into uh you want to go into heisman talk real quick to kind of wrap it up we got a few more things to talk about but you want to do heisman next cole yeah let's do heisman Let's let's. I want to I want to hear what you think. Do you think Caleb Williams is going to repeat? So the Heisman is a very uh, unique award. I mean, you mentioned when we were talking about Michigan that Blake Corum probably has a good chance to win the award. I'm all for the non-quarterback winning the Heisman. I mean, it's one of those things where if that person makes the team the best, why not let them have a chance at the award? And I mean. As someone that watched Michigan a lot last year, Blake Corum was the best player in the field. And it was like he obviously didn't even get to New York for the Heisman. And it's like this year, like with Ohio State. I'm telling you all right now, the best player on the field, probably every game that they play is going to be Marvin Harrison. Now, does that win, does that win them games? No. It will win them some t- tough games if you got to go up and make a big catch. And so Caleb Williams, I mean, the, the guys unbelievable he is i don't like watching usc because they can't stop western high school playing on offense they are so bad defensively but kale williams is an amazing player to watch he's the type of guy that if you're an nfl fan and you know you're gonna suck this year you want to suck to get that get him as the number one pick but i think he i mean i think he's the runaway favorite for the heisman i mean you look at you look at from just an odd standpoint he's definitely the favorite to win that at and it's just unfortunate that it has to be that way. But I, I don't think he's going to win it this year, Cole. That's what I'm going to say. He's not winning it this year. I think there's enough good quarterbacks. And maybe maybe your Blake Corum sneaks in there. And, and maybe Marvin Harrison sneaks in. And maybe J.J. McCarthy. Maybe J.J. McCarthy. No way. <laughs> I, I will go to the grave before a Michigan quarterback wins a Heisman. I, I think that's a thing I can confidently say. And that's I'll nothing. Start, I'll start digging that grave for you. <laughs> that's nothing against... <laughs> I think Harbaugh is a great coach. He is, or he he isn't. He is a great coach, and but he's not he's not the type to produce a uh, quarterback with crazy stats, and that's okay because they win. They don't need to do that. You ever heard of Andrew Luck? Yeah, well, that was a while ago at Stanford, <laughs> and that. But I mean, I'm yeah. Just curious. So just a question. Right. I, I have I have I heard think of Caleb him. Williams wins. Um, I think he's the favorite. I think he's the favorite for a reason. I think he should be the favorite. Like, if, if, if all these quarterbacks have the exact same odds, I'd be like, yeah, Caleb Williams. Like, if I'm just, like, being a smart investor, 
yeah, I'm going to invest to Caleb. But I don't, I just don't want to pick him personally. So I'm looking at the rest of the board. And I also think there's a lot of talent in college football this year at the quarterback position where it's not going to be as easy for him to do it this year as it was last year. Because last year, we still didn't know. Like, we went into that Michigan-Ohio State game where if Corum was healthy, if C.J. Stroud played an amazing game, C.J. Stroud probably wins the Heisman. Uh, if Blake Corum is in there and runs for 200 yards, he probably wins the Heisman. So, like, he was the third favorite, I think, going in, going into the final week of the season, Caleb Williams was. So I think that Utah game hurt him a little bit. So that's that's what I think. I think recency bias with Caleb Williams because he, he wasn't really top of the Heisman race most of the season last year. Stroud, Bryce Young, Gorham, they were all up there over him for a lot of the season. I know you got guys, you have so many quarterbacks. Like if I was to put my smart money down, like uh, if like the, the odds match up with what I'm feeling, I like Quinn Ewers and I like Bo Nix. Those are the two guys that I think would be, they're not super long shots, but it's a lot better money than plus 500, which is Caleb Williams' odds. I, I like I like Quinn Ewers. I think he has a talent around him. And I like Bo Nix because I think they ask him to do so much in that offense. And if he's just playing like he was last year and having fun and they can take that next step, I think uh, he can be a, a favorite for it. Well, I'm like, so I those mean, are my guys that I'd pick to go over Caleb. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the reason Caleb Williams gets the love is he plays for Lincoln Riley, and Lincoln Riley's won a few guys Heisman trophies, and that's that's the that's the reason. It's not, in my opinion, a lot of the times, it is probably one of the best, if not the best, guys in college football. But I think the one thing I don't like about the Heisman is I think you miss good good position players, um, and they're like I mean I'm just looking at. I use FanDuel. Uh, I use, all, to be honest, a lot of different sports books. But you Not look at, ads. you look at, yeah, you look, yeah. <laughs> whoever, if someone wants to sponsor us, I'll go to that one every day of the week. But you, I mean, you look at the first position player that's not a quarterback that you find, and on FanDuel, it's Marvin Harrison at thirty to one, and it's like. That's crazy because when next year happens, Marvin Harrison's going to be the first receiver taken in the draft. He is going to be a top ten pick, and it's just, it's crazy because that's just that's just how it goes. But that is how the Heisman works, and it's not necessarily my most favorite award because I don't sometimes think it gives the best player the award. If, if I'm being honest, but I like your guys, Cole Bonix, Quinn Ewers. I mean, Quinn Ewers. I liked him when he went to Ohio State. I was really excited for him. To be honest with you, it'd be nice if he was the quarterback right now at Ohio State. I mean, it would things would be looking probably a lot different. He had a tough year with Texas, but I do like uh, Steve Sarkeesian, and I think he'll be able to find a way to make uh, Quinn look really good this year for a really good Texas team. But, yeah, I think those are kind of – is he going to be the favorite? I mean, he's he's plus 500 on FanDuel. The next best is plus 1,000. That's not crazy favorite, but going into a year, that's pretty big from just a college football standpoint. But – don't bet it. You know, you know who might be a good little value pick? Who? Is uh, Talia Viola. Yeah, I mean, he he, he he carries that offense. And if they come away with the win against Penn State this year and they're 10-2, and two, lose to Ohio State and Michigan, and he is going nuts, like, he could very well be at the front of the race. And he's 120-1 right now. So, obviously, if he, was, if he had worse odds, I would obviously would not take him. But for a little dark horse uh, to make maybe make you some big bucks, 
Uh, I think that's a pretty high value pick. That would be nuts. That would be that'd be one of those all timers that you're like, hey, I put ten dollars on this guy, and then you walk away with twelve hundred dollars at the end of the year. And hey, you never know. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you really don't know anything about who can do in it. And so I think a great way, Cole, to end this end our first episode. Speaking of crazy teams coming out of nowhere. Last year, okay, TCU came out of absolutely nowhere. And this was a team that wasn't even picked to finish in the top half of the Big 12. They actually didn't win the conference. They lost to Kansas State in the championship, but they got into the playoff and got to a national championship and then got steamrolled by Georgia. But still, Cole, if you had to give me a few teams that we're just looking at the odds boards and we're we're gonna say over 20 to or 200 to one odds to win the uh or to even get to a playoff who are some teams that you think have that chance and i mean we'll probably break these teams down a little bit more but give me a few teams yeah i like wait did you say get to the playoff or national championship whatever one you want both are fine with me so surprise yeah, me. i'll do i'll do i'll do get to a playoff so my first team that is going to be pretty surprising like this this is probably my my longest shot is Arizona. Now, their their odds aren't even really showing up here. I'm trying to find them. Yeah, yeah no, I'm on FanDuel and I, I can't, can't even find them. I can't even find their odds <laughs> to make the playoffs. So if that tells you anything, I have looked at them uh, to win the national championship, and they are plus uh, fifty thousand to win the national championship. So obviously, first of all, I don't think TCU like we're gonna have a team like that for years to come. Um, that's that was an anomaly, I think. But let's say if there was to be one this year. Uh, my first, my longest shot would be Arizona. They have a quarterback who I think can really sling it. He made a lot of mistakes, threw a lot of interceptions, but also he threw for a lot of yards and touchdowns. And I think Jeff Fish, I think he's getting to the year where he could, he, they could come out of nowhere and surprise a lot of people and be like, oh, this like we just forgot about them. We forgot about this coach. We forgot about this quarterback. Um, and so I think there's a chance that they could come out and just if they can like the Pac-12 is is gonna be very good this year and if they can somehow just like clip some wins away and like and win the pack 12 that could they could come out obviously like i don't think it's gonna happen but they could um my second longest odds i would say is duke they're to win a national championship they're plus 2500 um or twenty five thousand. duke to me is a team that they they took a step last year they had nine wins I think they had nine wins and they're very 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 well coached they have a really really hard schedule though so that's why i put them in there because if they can somehow fight through this hard schedule um and come away with it like let's say florida state's beaten down um after playing clemson and lsu duke just comes away with an easy win against them somehow are they like uh they don't get florida state on their best night notre dame let's say they're not as good as we thought they were duke comes away with a win over notre dame um then really the only game you truly have to win is that first game of the year against Clemson, and then you should be able to win a lot of your other games. So don't think this is going to happen at all. I like Duke. And then my two that aren't quite as long shots, plus uh, 20,000 to make to win, to win the national championship are Texas Tech and Oregon State. I think Texas Tech is primed to make a jump this year. Uh, they won a lot of games last year, but they didn't have, let's say, the, the best, the hardest schedule. I mean, I know you play one of the Big 12. Um, but I think they'll take another step forward. And in Oregon State, they're just so well coached, and they they just they play good defense and they win games. They always find a way to win games. They beat Oregon last year. 
Um, they just know how to find a way to win, and they got they had a good quarterback last year. Like he he got the job done, but now they got Ulangalala, who could be very good for them. But also, he hasn't even won the job yet. Which, if that's the only thing about how that Oregon State quarterback was last year, I mean, we're not going to see a team like TCU. They they literally had their starting quarterback go down, and still found a way to make the playoffs. Like that's unheard of. I don't think we'll have that. But those are my dark horse teams that you never know. Yeah, and I I mean, you talk about TCU. I mean, they, they came down to literally the last second against Baylor. I mean, they literally were rushing on their, their kicker to kick a game-winning field goal. If they missed that, they had so they, if they missed that, they don't get as far as they did. And, and I love your Oregon State pick. They were one of my two teams. I think Oregon State is one of those teams that might surprise a lot of people. And I think... It might be one of the first years where that Oregon Oregon State game could be to send a team to the Big Twelve or to the Pac-12 championship. And I mean, I don't in my lifetime I can't remember when that game has really ever meant anything. And it's the last weekend of the year. It's they call it the Civil War up there. It's a huge deal. And then the other team, this this is just they're the same odds as uh, as Oregon State. But that's it's Kentucky. I don't think they're good. I don't think they're the team that can do it. But I think they upgraded. I I am not a. I really was never a Will Levis guy. Um, you can if you follow the NFL, you can see he's struggling in training camp. They bring in Devin Leary from North Carolina State, and I really like him. I think he's a. I think he's a good quarterback. He's just battled injuries his whole career, and I think. You put him in with uh, Mike Stoops. You never know what can happen. The hard thing in that is that you're in the SEC and you got to play just some dogs every week and to do what you need to get to a playoff. And I mean, even a national championship, it's probably uh, pretty crazy. But hey, what's a little fun? You throw five dollars on that and maybe have some fun throughout the year. Or they come out and lose their first two games or something, and then your bet's dead right off the bat. But have some fun. Um, obviously, yeah. practice safe gambling. We gotta. We gotta <laughs> I, I like your Kentucky pick. I just want to say that before we get out of here. Uh, I like that pick for not saying I think it's gonna happen, but I feel like every year there's that one coordinator hire that like everyone's like, oh, like that was huge. So you paired Devin Leary with, and Kentucky had a really boring run the ball offense last year. And you put Devin Leary with a new OC. Let's say this guy comes out. I think his name's like Liam Cohn or something like that. Uh, yeah, Liam Cohn. And let's say he is what Joe Brady was to LSU. In like oh, the, Joe maybe, Brady was great for LSU. Yeah, yeah, and like maybe maybe he's that guy. Maybe like he just comes out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, like who is this guy? Like like what is this team? Maybe they just pop off out of nowhere. So like I said. We don't think any of these are actually going to happen, but to fit the model of TCU, no one thought TCU was going to happen. Um, so I don't, I, 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 I like that Kentucky pick because I think they have the formula for it to happen. Because you got to, I think you got to have a lot of things mixed in the right way. Like you got a good, a new quarterback that could pop off. You have a coordinator, a new coordinator where could change some things, be revolutionary and shock some teams, and SEC surprise some teams. So yeah, I think Kentucky is a good pick. 
Well, this will uh, this will wrap up our first episode of A Degree in Sports. Um, we just want to give a special shout out to our producer, uh, Aiden Bear. Uh, he we couldn't do this without him. He is thank you, Aiden. He's he's going to be big time on this podcast. He has a he has a great background and and what we need, and he's going to help us out tremendously. Uh, make sure you like. Subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Twitter, X, whatever you call it, at Degree in Sports. Follow Cole and I. We'll always be posting stuff related to the podcast. And hey, share it with share it with somebody you know. The best way to grow is just by people listening and sharing it to other people. And I think I think that's the best route for us, Cole. You got any uh, closing remarks? No, that's great. Everyone who's, who's listening to this episode, you're witnessing history. Episode one. Thank you for tuning in. Road to a road to a uh, we'll go a hundred. Road to a hundred subscribers for the podcast starts today. Starts right now. All right. Well, we will see everybody next week for the second episode of a degree in sports. Have a good day. Awesome.